You're listening to Keynotes, a Kappa Kappa Gamma podcast featuring Alumni Achievement Award recipients. Get ready to hear from five amazing women about their careers, their Kappa membership, and advice they have to offer to other women looking to make their mark on the world. I'm your host, JJ Wales, a member of Beta New Chapter at Ohio State University and a former fraternity president. I'm excited to share my conversation with these women who are from five different chapters and five different schools, but they have more in common. They are inspiring, fun, dedicated, hardworking, and unbelievably accomplished. Each has made such a significant contribution in her chosen field, has great respect and admiration for her Kappa membership, and is so willing to share her experience with us. Today, I'm talking with Leela Rose. Leela is a member of Beta Mu Chapter at the University of Colorado. She is an acclaimed fashion designer who started her own company with her own collection. This entrepreneur loves color, beautiful fabrics, loves working with her hands, and is wonderfully creative. She's built a business recognized worldwide and is uniquely committed to her employees and keeping the production local. Here's my conversation with Leela. Well, it's so nice to have a chance to talk with you today. Truly, congratulations on your Alumni Achievement Award. I know everyone listening will enjoy hearing about your career. And we'll also talk about Kappa and any advice you might offer the Kappas out there. So let's get started, okay? Great, love to. And thank you so much for having me on today. Well, we're just delighted. It's terrific. I know that you went to the University of Colorado and you majored in fine arts. Did I read this correctly, that you are a formally trained painter and sculptor? That is correct. Oh, what fun. Yeah, I have always been a much more creative person than academic. I would never have said, nor would any of my college friends have said that I was a serious academic in any way. So <laughs> sculpture and painting was much more up my alley. How terrific to be able to use your creativeness and merge it with your hands to create beauty. That's just a perfect combination. I know, it's been fun. Good. It isn't too far-fetched that you would gravitate to fashion with your passion for style, design, and decor, but how'd you get from the fine arts classroom to fashion design? So I, and it was actually quite fun for me, I was in Texas this weekend, we have a family ranch out there, and I was showing my kids a sculpture that I had made while at CU years ago and showing them how, you know, the whole box had been welded together and that I had done all this. And I think they could not even believe it because, you know, now I work with fabric all day long and design and clothing and not at all in the same way as what I used to do. But I think for me, it's always been about creating something and doing it with your hands. And that's what fashion has always been for me. I had also started a business making one-of-a-kind pieces, like sewing one-of-a-kind pieces that I sold to a store that used to be in Boulder, Colorado called Knitwit. I sold to a store in Dallas. I sold to Fred Siegel in LA. So I had kind of always had an entrepreneurial spirit and started businesses in the kind of fashion space when I was in college. And I think it just made sense for me to transition from studio arts into more fashion. 
Oh, it makes perfect sense. And obviously you are an entrepreneur and you have started your own company. That's a big step and it takes a lot of courage to do this. Why and how do you make the decision to do it? You know, I was entrepreneurial from a young age, and I think I just kind of always knew I wanted to run my own business. Now, that was also a blessing and a curse, I will say, looking back, because, you know, running your own business is very difficult, and sure. there's so many parts of it that you have to take on, and you are responsible for, and, you know, you never leave it at the office at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of always with you. But at the same time, it has been one of my greatest life's pleasures is doing what I do and working with the team that I work with and everyone's like a family. And it just, you know, I started my company over 20 years ago and I will always look back at this and say, wow, what an amazing life. It's just brought so much joy and creativity and so many great things that, of course, it's certainly not without issues, but it's just brought so much more happiness for me. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. What were those first few years like? You've been doing it now for 20. So what were those first few years like? Did you find yourself doing everything associated with the business? Yes, truly everything. So one of the sewers, she's one of the seamstresses. She's still working with me today. When I started the company, it was me and one seamstress. So she would do the sewing, but I was the pattern maker, the draper, the cutter, the presser, the, you know, I would sweep all the floors, call all the stores, collect money, do all the books. I mean, you know, it was, it was truly a one man show with the seamstress. <laughs> You put a lot of sweat equity into this, I'm sure. And I still do today. I mean, people, I think, think, you know, as, of course, I don't do all of those things anymore, but I certainly know how to. And I am much more hands-on than I think people would probably imagine. <laughs> I'm a very hands-on person. Maybe that goes back to that creativity and, and using your hands. You still like to get your hands in there. That's a good thing. Yeah, it's very fun, and I definitely enjoy all of those parts of it. And I think that's why I've always liked running my own business, is that you're never just kind of a cog in a wheel. You do everything. It allows for that kind of involvement. Mm -hmm. I read that the business got its jump start when you did the George W. Bush's twins' dresses for their father's presidential inauguration. How was this connection made? And I've got to ask you, were you nervous about it? Well, of course I was nervous. Um, <laughs> yeah. They have been family friends for a long time. And I'm still very close with both Jenna and Barbara today. And we dress them both for whatever occasions they have going on. But yes, that was definitely kind of, I would say, the moment that we've reached a broader audience. We, of course, had stores that were buying us at this point. But it just definitely brought the brand out to a wider audience. And yes, I was absolutely nervous, but also kind of couldn't believe my luck to be able to dress someone for such a big, momentous occasion. And, sure. But you know, I was listing out people that we've dressed and we have dressed every first lady 
since I have been in business to date. Oh, that's exciting. I know it is really kind of fun when you think about it that way. It really is. And I know that you've had other noteworthy women besides the first ladies wear your dresses, Kate Middleton being one of them. Are there any fun stories that you can share with us? Um, I don't want you to breach anything that you shouldn't, (laughs) but is there anything fun you can share with us? I mean, I will tell you, Kate Middleton, who's worn the collection several times, we're always trying to slip extra things into the box that, you know, we think that she might want because she or her stylist reaches out and says, okay, what she's interested in. We're always trying to put, you know, something extra in there thinking, oh, maybe she'll wear this or maybe she'll wear that. And it always comes right back, Royal Mail. (laughs) Oh, how funny. (laughs) That is fun. She knows her mind, doesn't she? She knows her mind, and we are not going to change it for her. So, you know, we've dressed so many celebrities over the years, and that's always fun, and it's always fun to see your clothing on a bigger stage. But I will tell you, I get such a kick out of either, you know, I bike all over New York City, and I just biked twice on one the other day wearing a Leela Rose dress, and of course, not me when I knew, and thought, oh, how fun. I get such a kick out of that, and I get such a kick out of people showing me a dress that they wore to some occasion that really meant something to them, and that's more fun to me than anything else. That's wonderful. And your clothing line is ready to wear, and it has a very casual, luxury, refinement feel to it. It has grown tremendously, and you've maintained an involvement in all aspects of the business. Additional lines have been added, like the bridal dresses. But even with all the growth, you've been highly successful in keeping longtime employees, like your original seamstress, we have now learned. So <laughs> what's, what's your secret with keeping your longtime employees? I think we have a very, I don't know how to say this in the right way, but maybe a sink or swim mentality. And we trust you to do your job and get your job done and I don't really want to be, and the management doesn't really want to micromanage. So, and we take a lot of feedback. So everyone in every department, I think, really feels like they have a voice in what's going on in the company. Not necessarily with exactly how to run the company, but that people's ideas are respected. So the person kind of doing a certain job will often be able to say, okay, this could be done better if this were to happen. And because we're not such a giant company and because we work in a very open atmosphere, I think everyone feels very comfortable in saying, you know, I think this could be better if, or here's another idea for how to do this. And we're just very open to those things. And so I think people really feel invested in what they achieve at work. And again, you're not a cog in the wheel. It's, you know, each one of our efforts means success or failure. And it's certainly not just due to me. It never has been and never will be. It's truly a team. And, you know, I think that people really enjoy that. It's also very creative here. And I think that can also sometimes mean chaotic, which is not easy. But every day is kind of different. So it's not like you're just doing the same old thing day after day, season after season, year after year. The product changes so much, ideas change so much. And I think that, you know, for me, 
20 years in, I still have a great time coming to work. No, that's good. I was kind of laughing the other day. It was like, oh, this is my safe space. (laughs) (laughs) Work is. I think that's wonderful. Yeah. You obviously value your employees, and that goes a long way in people feeling that they want to be part of the organization and part of the company. I wonder if your wonderful attitude of, and I quote, make everything fun or it's not worth it, end quote, (laughs) has anything to do with it as well. Yeah, but now, trust me, we do not always have fun. And there are, (laughs) you know, but that really is kind of my mantra is that I love to entertain. I am constantly doing something. I love to cook. I love having people around. I love to kind of dazzle and delight in multitudes of different ways. And if it's not fun for me, I can hardly put effort into it. People have always been like, oh, and how do you balance being a mother and working like this? I'm like, well, I outsource the stuff I don't want to do. And I'm, <laughs> I'm very open about that. Like, you know, if it's not fun, I really don't want to do it. And I always have thought it's better to do quality over quantity. And, you know, yes, not everything I do in the office is fun, but I think the end result is fun. And I think that that's always what we're trying to achieve. Sure. And it feels so satisfying that way. Yeah. That's great. You are committed to supporting and giving back to the community. And many Kappas have a similar commitment. Yours is centered around maintaining production locally. What does this mean and how hard is it to achieve it? Well, so that's something that we've basically always done and we set up the business that way. And I think it also goes into sustainability and fashion is definitely one of the major polluters environmentally. But it's something that I, for a long time, have really focused on. Why does everything have to ship overseas? And why do things have to be done overseas? And kind of keeping our production local, which we always have. We actually, for a very short time, tried producing overseas. And I just, I was not happy with it. I was not happy with the end result. I was not happy with our environmental contributions going the wrong way. I wasn't happy with quality control. You know, it hurt our factories too, and the factories that we've worked with. And we've worked with local factories in New York City for, you know, basically the whole 20 years I've been in business. And we have very committed family-like relationships with them. And, you know, this is something I really saw during I mean, I've always known this, but it was reinforced during COVID, was what an ecosystem a small business is and how many lives it touches and how many things it touches. Because when we were, you know, talking about the getting the PPP and, you know, I was kind of like, oh, we, you know, there's just so much going on in the world with racial tensions, small businesses, people, you know, equality. And I was kind of like, oh, we're this high-end fashion company and we're going to be getting the PPP. And I think I had some, you know, early, I would say, just reservations. Like, I mean, and I will tell you that the PPP definitely saved us during that time. It was very difficult. But the more I started really thinking about it, we have you know, 30 some odd employees whose livelihoods depend on this job and they take care of their families and this is where they come to work. And this is kind of 
where they spend the majority of their time during the day. And it really made me realize what an ecosystem small businesses really are to the economy at large, but also just people's livelihoods and their enjoyment of the day. And it was hard on all of our factories. And thank goodness, things are definitely getting much better. But I think that was a real time that you, at least for me, I just really saw how much impact what we do and how much business we have or don't have has on our little ecosystem at large. Sure, right. And the quality of life that's then provided for those workers. Yeah. How important that is and to, their, and to the community. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Let's talk Kappa now. You went from your home in Dallas, Texas, to Boulder, Colorado for college. I did. Was there a particular reason that you chose CU? Yes, I wanted to ski. <laughs> <laughs> I love your honesty. That's wonderful. Again, didn't I tell you I was not a huge academic? No, I really, I wanted to ski, and it looked like a very fun school, and I was like, that looks fabulous. Well, good access to the skiing, for sure. Now, what was there about the Kappas that attracted you to them during recruitment? Well, I do come from a long line of Kappas. My mom was a Kappa, my aunts, my grandmother, most of my cousins have been Kappas. So I have definitely have a lot of Kappas generations before me. But I will say it was a very nice, happy group of people that I have long cherished my Kappa friends. Those are really my best friends from my time in college. Sure. And so many amazing memories and so many fun times. But really what attracted me was it was a group of nice, happy people. That's wonderful. And, and you found a home away from home then that way too. Yeah, absolutely. Good. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Leela, you understand the intergenerational experience Kappa offers because of your family members. And they certainly um, impact not only you, but chapter members across the country have this wonderful experience with alumni, and they can be so influential. Was there a particular alumna or were there some alumni who did touch your life and influenced you? I mean, my mother, you know, always spoke so fondly of Kappa. I'm sure that's not really who you're looking for. But, you know, and just how meaningful that time was. She had several friends that were all Kappas. I don't know that I can look back and say, wow, that was exactly a time and place that I have some amazing memory of that. But I've just known a lot of Kappas over the years, and I have always respected how kind and nice and generous they've always been. That's what it has always represented to me, is generous, kind women looking to help one another. Well, those are wonderful attributes and so descriptive of those of us who have had this experience. I would agree with you 100%. I'm hoping that this next part will be lots of fun. I'm going to ask you to finish a statement by filling in the blank. And I'm doing this with all of the Alumni Achievement Award recipients who are doing these podcasts because I do think it will be fun for the audience to hear the different answers. There are four questions. And the first one is, the fun in my job is? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. That's wonderful. We'd all love to have work like that, wouldn't we? Okay, well, it's not everything. That's not true. But my knee-jerk answer is everything because, I mean, I feel like I'm at summer camp for fashion all day long, every day. I have 
amazing fabrics. We're always designing cocktails that match the collection. It just is fun. <laughs> it's just fun. Absolutely. The second question is, more women should... Wear bold colors. Ah, all right. And tell me what you would say is a bold color. Oh, citrine, oranges, uh-huh. bright blues. I mean, I love to dress. I mean, I wear yellow all the time. I named it my daughter's favorite color. She really didn't have a choice. I was like, ooh, citrine is your favorite color. <laughs> I mean, I, I love wearing bold colors. I dress in color all the time. I'm constantly trying to convince women that they too can wear yellow. But I just, you know, black, I just never wanted to walk into a room wearing dark black. Uh-huh. I love walking in wearing bright yellow. It's a ray of sunshine, I am sure. Yeah, I think people react to it in a different way and kind of smile. The third question is, what is more important to you today than it was 10 years ago? I think that there's a real urgency around climate change in our planet. Mm -hmm. But I would say it was very important 10 years ago to me, too. I just think that sense of urgency weighs on me. Wonderful. Good. And the last one is, someday I'll what? Someday I will be a grandmother. You'll be a grandmother. (laughs) (laughs) I can tell you from personal experience, it's lots of fun. You know, I was just talking to one of the girls in my design area who is about to have her first baby. And I was saying to her, you know, my kids are 19 and 14 now. Uh And I was saying, just try to not listen to all of the kind of you're never going to sleep again and all of that. I said, I look back on having kids and it was some of the most fun I've ever had. And I'm not so sure I realized it at the time. Uh-huh. Right. And I was like, it's so hard to kind of, you're so mired in it at that time. But if you can just step back and be like, wow, this is fun. It's just such a joy. <laughs> I would agree with you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I bet being a grandmother is the same thing. Oh, it is. But without the added pressure. Exactly. That's exactly right. Research tells us hobbies are good things to have for diversions and distractions, and this is especially true for busy women. Do you have any hobbies, or what might you do in your free moments, which I don't think you have many? Oh, I have tons of hobbies. I honestly have too many hobbies. But, I mean, I love to cook. I love to make cocktails. I love to crochet new ideas onto napkins, anything creative and things I can do with my hand, I'm just constantly doing. I love to hike. I love to ski. I love to be outdoors. I love to bird watch. There's a quiet moment for you. Are these too many hobbies? (laughs) It's hard to fit them all in sometimes, isn't it? Yes. Well, every career and life has its ups and downs. What have you learned from the highs and lows? You know, I think ultimately, now I don't want to sound flippant about this or I don't want to sound like, oh, it's all going to be fine. But I do think a lot of times when I look back, I know I've gotten so stressed out about something or really worried about a certain thing. And in the end, it really was okay. And it somehow worked itself out in a way that it was okay. And I think sometimes... 
maybe I need to take that tact with climate change or with worrying about the planet. And, you know, of course, I don't think we can all just be like, oh, it's going to be fine. You have to actively work to make it okay, but that things are never quite as dire as you think that they might be when you're kind of down in the doldrums. To add some perspective to what you're looking at and experiencing. It's very hard to do that. But good. That's wonderful. That's really good advice for all of us. The other thing I would say is just always remember to be kind. Even when you don't want to be or really angry and upset, just be kind because that pays off in spades. It certainly does. And in today's day and age, it's a good thing to remember. Being kind to others is a good thing. And to be kind to yourself Mm -hmm. as well. Also, easier said than done. (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. Kind to yourself is probably one of the most difficult things to do. Yes, right. Leela, in closing, Oprah describes her friendship with Gail King as one based on shared values, pride and joy, building dreams, standing in the gap, cheering, supporting, speaking the truth, being the truth, respect, and regard. Friendships based on these attributes will create relationships which are solid, timeless, and last forever. Leela, your creativeness, loyalty to others, commitment to giving back, and as you say, your key accessory is always wear a smile, it's so easy and so genuine, shows how you embrace life, the attributes which build friendships. We are so grateful to you and so proud to call you a Kappa sister. Thank you for sharing some of yourself with us and for accepting the challenge to dream boldly and live fully. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. That's so kind. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Keynotes podcast, a series of conversations with Kappas who dream boldly and live fully. Want more from Kappas leading the way? Follow Kappa Kappa Gamma on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. Subscribe to Keynotes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you a fan of Kappa Podcasts? Then we'd love to hear from you. We'd really appreciate you leaving us a rating, review, or recommendation. These podcasts were made possible with the help of Beth Black, Lindsay Gale, Kaya Lim, and Susanna Teig, who assisted in scheduling the guests. Kristen Sanjeev and Maddie Sykes, who did the marketing, and Ryan Gannon and Marla Williams for their tech support. A special thank you to Ryan for his production expertise and for producing all five podcasts. It has been my pleasure to host the conversations with these extraordinary women.